Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Yes, I am back. I am back hosting. I am here not debating Chris Anthony Lopez. Thank God for that. I need a break from that boy. This is Quacker here hosting another show with Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And it is going to be our funniest wrestlers show. So expect a lot of hilarity. If you're in a area where you maybe shouldn't make too much noise maybe step outside or if you're ballsy enough like me and don't give a damn just laugh your head off it's all good i am joined here by the unfunniest people ever and thoughts of man in, in the whole world yeah i am really saying that so first of all i'm gonna introduce my panel first person up now, this person has been described as doing wonders for the environment because he recycles his jokes. Now, that is actually quite kind because what I would have said is he's as funny as a fire in a nursing home is Daniel Campbell. I deliver all my jokes and they bomb so well. I mean, I love to roast people. I mean, what can I say? Oh, well, then. Well, moving on. Next person it is a man who he does bring a bit of laughter and hilarity to the podcast, whether it's laughing about Bacon Gay, whether it's laughing at all of his other antics, we all do love him. He does bring a lot of laughter. It is David Hockney. Thank you very much. Uh, it's you know it's very good to be here, and you know what, I'm hot off the the press of recording a Saturday Draft live, so this is two recordings for me in a row today. Well, well, there we go. Doing in the mad shift, absolute <laughs> mad shift. <laughs> Now, the next person, he is the funniest McLeod going. Mind you, that is kind of like saying that I won't complete the rest of that joke, but fill in the blanks you want to, <laughs> it is Scott McLeod. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, Kwaku. And uh, as a person who edited that said Saturday Night Live that Dave just done, I feel like I've already heard too much of his voice for any one person in a single day. Oh, well then, I'm not going to give you any respite because what we're going to do is we're going to have a round panel where we're going to bring in some of our funniest moments and our all-time funniest wrestlers. Yes, I am introducing the folks funniest of all time but to kick us off we're speaking about his moment because Scott clearly hasn't had enough of hearing his voice we're going to go straight to David Hockney Hockney what is son of a bitch (laughs) it's what I do it's what I do David Hockney, you have about 10 years, 15 minutes and 6 seconds. Talk us through your funniest moment. I don't have 10 years, I've got stuff to do. But um, I'll make the most of the time whatever I have. But yeah, so my funniest moment is going back to 2018, almost four years ago, 2018, where there was such an event known as the Greatest Royal Rumble, the first time that WWE broadcast a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. And... I mean, it was a very stacked card to say the least, but there is one moment in particular that outshone absolutely everything that happened in that one hour plus 50 man Royal Rumble. And it is the number 38 entrant who comes out, runs full pelt down the ramp, and would you believe it? They trip up and they slide literally their entire body goes under the ring. I'm talking about Titus O'Neill and Titus world slide slide <laughs> <laughs> yeah like this is th- i've watched this clip over and over like consistently and i kid you not i i'm on the floor laughing at it every single time because you've got the commentators beefing him up i mean know about titus you know he does a lot of that community work and stuff and they were i think corey was on commentary talking about you know how he was meeting like Saudi princes and very important people and then so he's already beefed up to sound like a big deal and I'm sorry I'm just mentally reliving it in my head and then literally and then literally one second and then literally one second later he decks it face first and it's and it's not just that he don't just he just tumbles and just lands flat he literally slides under the ring <laughs> and almost completely disappears. <laughs> and all you see is just like the the soles of his boots sticking out from under the ring. Like, and the, the best part was, like, I think the camera cut away, 
from that moment, just as he was about to enter, like nobody noticed where he, what happened until they actually played the replay. And I do recall this clip being shown on a, I think it was on a YouTube channel, it was like the React show where they had superstars reacting to various clips. And I swear like almost everybody laughed at this one. In particular, I think Kalisto mentioned like when when this happened, everybody in the back was was crying with laughter. Like, and you could see the on the faces of the the commentators as well, just by their tone, like they couldn't contain themselves either. But it was just a universally, unintentionally hilarious moment, and it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna set the precedent for, you know, Royal Rumble botches, like for for life, and it would. It became sort of a, a running gag because in future rumbles you could see Titus running down to the ring. He hesitates. He takes a giant step onto the mat before he enters the ring. He just completely slows down just to avoid sliding again. But oh man, like just generally everybody's reaction to it, how unexpected it was, and how perfectly unintentionally executed it was. <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of us. Favorite WWE moments I've ever seen. Now, I'll, can I come in on this, right? Because it's, you actually picked something there on the head there. I mean, the, the thing about building them up, but it was a bit about disappearing. Years ago, I was at a house party, right? And my friend, like, sometimes, like, the, the party, it wasn't exactly happening. So we decided to go on a, me and my pal, we decided to go on a tour of the house. And he opened up the back door and stepped out, but there was, it was just complete pitch darkness, like you couldn't see a thing, no streetlights, nothing. And he completely misstepped, and he completely fell over, somersaulted down to the ground. <laughs> but the funny, the really... The really... What was so funny about it was because he proper disappears, like you actually see the legs go over, but you don't see the fall. That's what made it funnier. So that's why it is a meal, but you seem completely disappear. <laughs> I just think back to that fall. Like, yes, world, this this man is our lead representative in the um, charity and community projects. You know, he's beaten the, the Saudi princes and all the important people. Goes and does something like that because he's a big clumsy oaf half the time. Like the bit that no one knows is that Hornswoggle was meant to be in that Rumble match, but since he got booted out, he decided to rib them and leave a banana skin on the rampway. <laughs> it just so happened that Titus was the only guy that got it. <laughs> oh, it was kind of like when he did the the keg challenge in the original NXT game show format. Oh, like, that's trumped it. That's trumped it. Big yeah, time. it's like you know, just when you think Titus could make a total total ass of himself, like mm. there was the beer keg and then there was the make it a win promo. And, and see then, the cake one. The cake one, like you can kind of understand because, it, like, a cake is bloody heavy, and oh, to yeah, run with heavy, it, yeah. like you can. I mean, as spectacular as a fall was, you can. It, it's kind of like a oh, silly me, but it doesn't. It doesn't really hold against them because it's real. It's kind of relatable. Of yeah, you're carrying something heavy. If you fall, you fall. But this one was just. It's too good of a like it's just the fundamental of and like getting into a wrestling ring is never easy because you're always like I hope my trousers don't rip, I hope I don't misstep, I don't hope I don't fall. And then I hope just I don't to turn do the quads. Yeah. Don't bring that up. <laughs> like we said, roasted people <laughs> Oh, I hope that's not somebody's I hope that's one of the funniest moments that you guys have had. <laughs> oh, it, it, it definitely is up there. It definitely is up there. So, uh, Scott, have you got anything you want to add on to this one? <laughs> Not really. You guys get very much. I think it's the fact that the fact, I think the fact that we didn't see it and then they replayed it multiple times. You see just how how quickly it all happened. Mm-hmm. Really helps it. And I think Corey Graves made this moment funnier than it was. Well, even though it was already funny because like Michael Cole's laughing but he's trying to like move along. Byron you can tell he feels bad for Titus so he's trying to not draw too much attention to it. 
Corey is just gone. Like, like whenever someone breaks Quacko, like he's just gone. And then, like during later on during the match, when even when they're not talking about Titus, they just someone in the production just randomly pops up the clip of that happening, just so they can pop Corey, and it gets him every time. There's a drinking game now where you just basically every time they replay that run, you take a swig. I'll tell you I'll, something. I got quite shit faced after that. <laughs> I, I'm completely with Corey on that one because I'm sorry. How can you gloss over that? No, no professional robot can possibly just segue away from that and not like it's just it's just so epic on all proportions. I'm completely with Cody. Thank you very much for bringing that in there, Hockney. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off to a great start, so I just uh, want to see the version where like he, he like they're in the curved like they have the curved walkways now for the like stadium shows. I want to see him run down but then keep running and hit the barricade. <laughs> And then he looks and just goes, wait, hang on, what? Oh, it's over there! <laughs> no, no, it would be better if he goes to turn, he slips and then just keeps sliding in the one direction. <laughs> just slides out of the arena. Yeah, it's, it's like when you turn too hard in a car and you just sort of skid a little bit. That's what I'm hoping happens. If he there are two legends in wrestling right now. One is that Titus Worldwide is still sliding somewhere. And Hellbilly Jim is still doing his Hall of Fame speech. No. There you go. Which one will end first there? Okay, so with that, we're, <laughs> we're going to move on to Scott. Scott, hit us with your moment. Uh, I was trying to think of something that wasn't too obvious of a moment. I was trying to maybe go a bit outside the box. I thought, you know, you said like funniest moments. You, couldn't, you didn't say we couldn't include matches in here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to include a match that I don't think should have been as funny as it was. But the fact that it was as funny as it was is why I'm bringing it here because, you know, I feel like you know, it was going to be one of those WWE moments of comedy which isn't actually as funny as WWE thinks it is, but managed to surpass all expectations. Please let us do what I think it is. Gentlemen, let me take you back to Extreme Rules 2014 yes. kickoff show. Yes. Let me talk to you about BLC. <laughs> 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 let me remind you, it's the last thing Jim Hall and Drew McIntyre were involved in before their the end of their first run, and I think what they went way down in a blaze of glory. Wow, I'm, I'm going to cut you off, Skip. What a way to go out. <laughs> Sorry, as you go out. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's a blaze of glory they went out, but <laughs> it's, it's the commitment to this moment, the fact that they went between the regular commentators and then a special mini-commentary team with <laughs> micro-pole. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what the other two commentators were. In their own small announce table, they had uh, a small ref. It was between Hornswoggle and El Torito with three MB and Los Madores in each man's corner. And the fact that the other guys got involved helped make it even better. He had a spot where, off a small stepladder, Jinder is hoisted up. By Los Madores, and then El Tiro dies onto him, and all four of them go backwards through two tables and two ladders that are on top of it. Like, <laughs> this is not a kickoff show, this is a bigger spot than you'd expect them to have. And then Drew, El Tiro's laid out on a tiny table on the outside. Drew just goes, fuck it, runs across, goes to dive on the outside, but El Tiro moves too quickly. So it just looks like Drew, as you see an empty table, and thought, fuck it, I've nothing else to lose, and just puts himself through a table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, have, you have Hornswoggle uh, getting on a small stepladder and yet still being too scared to jump off of it. <laughs> have, there's a moment where El Tiro does a dive to the outside and then Lorenzo wants to replicate that same dive. He jumps and just springs and gets his neck caught in the middle row and just springs backwards into a comedy crap fall. <laughs> it's small chairs, small tables, small <laughs> then, you know, like If you're gonna go all the, if you're gonna have this kind of match, you need to go all the way with it, and they did that. No. Uh, actually, for for everyone's benefit, I just looked up the rest of the commentator names for the match. So we had Micro Cole, as Scott mentioned. We also had Jerry Smaller, <laughs> <laughs> and my personal favourite, JB Elf. Oh well, oh, <laughs> <God's sake. laughs> 
I'm like, gonna come. I'm gonna go straight to Dave Hockney, right? Yeah. Dave Hockney as a guy that I've had a few ding dongs with about comedy sports and comedy matches in general and stuff like that. We've had, we've been back and forth over the years. That fair to say? Yeah. No. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Did but, you enjoy this match? I did enjoy this match. Right. right. Okay. 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 Next question. Now. If if uh, if this match was on the main card of Extreme Rules before it happened, would you have said no? It should be a kickoff show. No, actually, because I mean, oh. on paper, because on paper, I would have looked at that and thought, oh gosh, right, this is the this is going to be the, the silly comedy spot match. But it it turned out to be way way better than any and way funnier than anybody anticipated so but would you have accepted it on the uh, even a main event before it before it happened well probably like oh yeah like we're making a breakthrough here folks <laughs> well i mean i do like a tlc match, ladies and gentlemen so. please mark the time <laughs> i said as long as there's tables ladders and chairs i mean you can't go wrong with some creative spots and that's what i like to see when it comes to extreme rules but honestly this was hands down probably one of the best matches of of that entire card in fact i think it probably did deserve to be on the on the main show never mind it is, it is also new day and a completely different dimension as i say <laughs> and, and, like, <laughs> completely, and, i mean if, if you squint hard enough <laughs> but who knew that two of the people there would go on to become world champion <laughs> like yeah i mean what a turnaround <laughs> complete turnaround daniel how about you what are your thoughts on it i mean like, I, I knew when they said we're gonna have a WLC match, I'm like, okay, it's something, something I'm not expecting is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then all the bits start being added in. They even had a, <laughs> the bit, the bit that we all glossed over that I just remembered there. They actually had a small ring announcer. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Like, I don't. I, I, this. I, 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 this was 2014 as well. Like this was a time where I don't think you I'm not going to get... say what I think his name would. No, I was going to say you could, you couldn't get away with this sort of thing in no. 2022. I don't think. <laughs> you know, this was a time you know people nah, would still be not. you could still be silly and you know get away with you know making fun of little people essentially. But nowadays, it's I don't think it would be as tolerated. No, nah, yeah. if, if this was WWE in the 90s, it would be a Snow White on a pole match. <laughs> 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 well, I get loud. <laughs> we, I think I, I, you, you are right in that sense of it. Obviously, how times have changed, and we got to be like uh, we've got to be more open and sensitive to uh, people of all abilities and everything. We got to make sure we are inclusive in that sense. However, this one, you, you, I, you can't help but. It, it, it just seems that uh, the two wrestlers in there that kind of they kind of led what was the spot and actually I love the aspect of it's like you were saying there Scott where like Torito was jumping onto four of them and they made them look strong and stuff mm-hmm. so like there is that aspect of it too where they actually instead of like yeah they had their funny spots or whatever but at the crooks of it, there was that serious element of these people are being built to uh, like uh, flatten heavyweights because during uh, gender are big people. They are big people. Uh, Heath Slater is also big, but not big like during gender. And uh, Epic, uh, uh, the Lost Matadors. I know it's Epic and Primo, but I don't know what their name was were at that time. Uh, they weren't exactly big. Diego and Fernando, I think, were that. Their ring names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was Epic and Primo, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. And they weren't big, but they still made. They still built them up, so I love that aspect of it. Where yes, we were laughing at certain spots, but at least they got their time to shine and. Uh, what a match and it will stay in folklore and that's why it's Scott's funniest moment that he's brought in so thank you very much there Scott and last and very least we're now going to go to Daniel Campbell well (laughs) cast your minds back gents it's 1993 Mm -hmm. 
there, there were many funny things that happened this year. WWE thought a giant guy in a woman bear suit costume could work. No, I'm not talking about El Gigante. I'm skipping over to the other promotion. <laughs> Let's go to WCW. Let's go to Fall right, Brawl 93. Or rather, the build-up to that. Let's go a little bit prior. So, Clash of the Champions 24. We have a flare for the gold segment taking place. <laughs> Kwaku is already loving this. I'm going to the most typical Daniel Campbell pattern. Hey, I broke him with this on the first episode I did, so sure, just give him a moment. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh god, I go watch this on YouTube, you know what this is. Um, Sting's like, all I have to say is our partner is going to shock the world, because he is none other than the shoot master. <laughs> Cue pyro, an explosion in the wall, and tugboat falling through in a bloody stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> to the point where it falls off, and you actually hear like Ric Flair going, "Oh God, oh." Sid Vicious is breaking, they're like, what the hell is going on? The best bit is, like... <laughs> Davey Boy Smith's just like, he fell in his arse! He fell in his fucking arse! <laughs> and then, stands up, trying to retain, trying to regain that composure. And then you hear one of the single worst, um, menacingly gravelly, as it is described on my uh, off-screen voice provided by Ole Anderson, who can be heard laughing before he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> and which, the best bit is the announcers decided not to say a single thing, because they would break right away. I mean, how would you feel like I come through, burst through the wall, I fall flat in my arse, my stormtrooper helmet falls off, and then I walk up and I just go, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it was certainly shocking. Shockingly awful. It was the Shockmaster. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. No. <laughs> I need recovery time. Scott, off you go. <laughs> Oh, I don't know yeah, what we else needs. We all need recovery time. <laughs> I don't know what else needs to be said. You know, it's a oh. woman that you know lives in infamy is one of the best and funniest fuck ups in wrestling history. Oh. How how quickly he scurries to to pick his helmet back up. It's a fact. It just rolls away. <laughs> It <laughs> just rolls away and they try to put it back on. Like, stand up like nothing happened at all. Yeah. Like, what I laugh at is, like, what, happened, what, was, what was supposed to happen if he didn't fall? I mean, he's not exactly as intimidating as you think. He's got this weird fluffy thing that he's wearing and over his chest. He's got the sparkly helmet and a voice dubbed in, which makes him sound like a shit version of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. He looks like a Glasgow junkie's went and raided Tam Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like your kid told you with only 12 hours notice, I need a Stormtrooper costume for tomorrow at school, and this is what you've, you've given them. Sorry, sorry son, I've only got your mum's old fur coat. Do you think we can cut that up and it'll work? <laughs> well, I get the rest of the Stormtrooper outfit, but I've rolled the helmet and glitter. That should be enough. <laughs> um, I've got to say, for the benefit of our overseas listeners and Chris Anthony Lopez, Tam Shepherds is a well-renowned uh, joke shop in Scot in Glasgow where you go for your fancy dress costumes as you wear. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem at all. Like the best bit, and I've only just seen this because I scrolled up. So, fun fact: the Shockmaster is the uncle. <laughs> Of adrenaline in my soul, my You're... uncle fell down in WCW. <laughs> You're kidding. Nope, he is the brother-in-law of Dusty Rhodes and the the uncle of Cody and Dustin. Wow, my God, 
wrestling has won, has more than one royal family. But oh, don't really? listen to that guy. He's not a member of our family. We don't acknowledge him. Well, now, I've, I've got to say, in this whole thing, Sid Vicious does tremendously well. He does tremendously. <laughs> like, that man does not get enough kudos <laughs> to carry on shouting and doing a promo, doing all of that. And like that, that's a Hall of Fame headline act right there for yeah. that moment alone. I'm sorry, but to witness someone get introduced like that, Pyro falls flat on his face, <laughs> the helmet rolls away, and the, I'm sorry, he, he deserves so many kudos. 1993, almost what 30 years later, I'm still creased with laughter over it. I'm sorry, Vicious deserves a Hall of Fame. Dave, have you got anything you want to add on to this? Yeah, it's not just said as well. I think he was uh, Harlem Heat were next to him as well, and I'm amazed that Booker and Stevie Ray both managed to keep straight faces because normally when you see like Booker on commentary these days or in his general manager's position, he usually cracks up laughing whenever like a botch like that happens, but. Um, I think it's good that you know they sort of managed to keep a straight face because it, what does it for me is it's the the combination of the pyro and the, the, how flimsy the the wall is. It's like it's just a sheet of almost like a, just a sheet of cardboard or something or polystyrene and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it just reminds me of that scene in Hot Fuzz where uh, Simon Pegg's character like hops over all the fences like with ease and then he does a cartwheel at the end and the Nick Frost character comes behind him and he literally just instead of jumping over he just literally just charges through the fence and falls flat in his face like mm-hmm. that's that. I mean it's... Uh, just take that without the pyro and it's basically the exact same thing but the, the, cherry, on, the, cherry, the cherry on top was just the oh it, it's not just the stormtrooper helmet falling off it's the fact it was rolled in glitter and it just the, the sheer oh, stupidity of it is Oh, it's just you can't take it seriously, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is our big scary tag team partner. And I suppose it turns out in the same way that, you know, Titus made his entrance. It's like, you know, he's beefed up as this community ambassador and stuff, and he's like, hey, I'm here. Whoop, bump, fall flat in your face. It just <laughs> deprives him of all any and all credibility. Rumor has it, this it's is fun. how Steven's planning to enter his own wedding. <laughs> With a bloody glittery stormtrooper helmet and stuff. <laughs> Before Laura Skeltsman just goes, dude, where is your, where's your kilt? I got you that! <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. That That's our funniest moments. Have you got anything you would like to add? You always come to our Eat Sleep Suplex retweet community page. Get on there. Join all the chat. We've got so much chat going on there. It's full of bants and chat and all the bants you want. Yeah, I said bants and banter three times over. But that's because of the amount of banter that goes on there. See, I'd say that again. So with that, we're going to move on to the next segment of the show where we're going to crown our folks. Now, the folks is actually sponsored by uh, Jim Bornett. Basically, if you don't like any fun whatsoever, if you like peddling your other half to other people, then this is the thing for you. Listen to the Jim Bornet podcast and share all your misery with all your miserable friends about any form of fun. So now that we got our sponsorship out the way, let's move on to the thoughts. So we are going to move on to to give him his speech. Scott, who is your funniest of all time wrestler? Off you go. Again, uh, I was kind of late listening to this show, so I figured some obvious people may have been taken. So. I give this one some thoughts, and I, I talked to a man who, before he started delving into the unique sides of his character, had done a lot of death-defying things. You know, he's still a well-renowned international wrestler, but how little would he know that the key to his success would be putting on a white shirt and tie and putting a sock over his hand to create some of the funniest moments <laughs> in wrestling? <laughs> I'm going with the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley. Mm. <laughs> It's amazing how funny he can be in a wrestling context and yet how bizarrely unfunny his stand-up career ended up being. But look at it, Mick Foley, yeah, like the introduction of Mr. Sokol, the segment with Vince McMahon, where he's tried to cheer him up, he's tried, after he's been beat up by Austin, he brings in a clown, he's got all these balloon animals for him, and Vince is just so everything, like, just, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, 
the back and forth between him and the Rock, the Rock just being the straight man and fully it seemed like Volley's goal within the assignment was to see if he could make the Rock laugh at any point. The mm-hmm. you know, the infamous this is your life segments and things like that. <laughs> yes. There's a moment uh, where Mick Foley's been beaten up backstage, he's been attended, the Rock just casually walks by him and uh, Foley trying to do a version of one of the Rock's characters, he goes, Hey Rock, you go out there, you win one for the Micker. And the Rock just casually walks back and goes, Who the hell is the Micker? Freak. And just wanders off. Uh, also, the stuff as Commissioner Foley popping up, he's setting up his office in weird areas of the building, uh, having his wee gavel when he makes a match with my decision, it's final. And also being the comedic foil for heel tag team champions Edge and Christian. Constantly catching them out whenever they try and get out of uh, get out of defending their titles. They keep they come to him one time complaining that they don't have their own locker room. And you go like, "Hey guys, I was a three-time World Wrestling Federation champion. I never got my own locker room." And then Christian goes, "Yeah, well, Mick, you never change your clothes. What do you need a locker room for? If you never change your clothes." True, true fact. It's just how like he didn't have to try so hard. I like, think fully to to be funny, he just. It just seems so natural. It just felt like authentically just Mick Foley having a laugh with you. And I think that's why people gravitate him so much, so much towards him, in like the late nineties, and especially his partnerships with like The Rock and then back and forth with Edgy Christian. And then the moment where he finally got The Rock, where he cuts him off, and goes, "It doesn't matter." The Rock in the middle of the sentence, and he get Rock kind of smells you a bit, and Foley runs through the ring saying, "Foley, Foley, Foley." Ah. <laughs> uh, Fantastic stuff, they're fantastic stuff. But Scott, I'm gonna press your funniest moment of Mick Foley's career. I know you put me on the spot there. I know that's what I do. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I just mentioned it there, I'll go with the with the moment he finally made the rock break, where he finally got the rock to crack a smile. The overseas rock doesn't sell anything. He gets the <laughs> rock to smile and he just runs around the ring chanting his own name. <laughs> So much so that the crowd chants along with them. No, the master of the cheap pop, Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what are your thoughts on Scott's uh, thoughts on nominee there? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Mick Foley is one of the most unassumingly funny guys when it comes to WWE promos. You know, because I mean, because this is a guy, you know, who had multiple different characters and he was each of them were sort of funny in their own little way. You know, you had Cactus Jack, you know, being just having the brutality factor. You had Mankind, you know, being the screechy boiler room creation. Then you had Dude Love, who just sort of the, the, the fun loving sort of character as well. Like each of them had their sort of own individual funny moments. But the best, I think, with Mick Foley is whenever he had Mr. Socko like dressed up in little outfits and stuff but the much more you know some of his funnier moments definitely came from the sort of late 90s you know as scott mentioned you know there was the getting the rock to break there was the this is your life segment as well i it's it's still a wee bit wee bit earlier to what what kind of programming i was used to before i started watching full time but yeah, Mick Foley definitely had some some shine out moments, definitely, is. and he just did sort of things his own way as well. That's sort of what made it funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now on to you, Daniel. I mean, I cannot fault Foley in any way. The one that I do want to add as well. Let us not forget that Foley had Sokko go visit Mister McMahon in the hospital. <laughs> he did. He did. Well, actually, see, on that, that's one thing I would like to highlight about Mr. Sokol. Royal Rumble, Mr. Sokol beats uh, the Cobra and Santino Marella. Now, in terms of the organization of the folks, we kind of, we as a panel decided that that was kind of like a passing of the torch moment kind of there. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we just, we saw that as the official ceremony of passing on uh, funny weaponized uh, puppets onto other people and that was that moment that was just absolutely beautiful that I've got tears running down my eyes just talking about it it's an absolutely <laughs> fantastic thing yeah I mean, there you go like a lot of people talk about Vince's stuff with people like Steve Austin but Vince 
had some of his final moments with Mankind where he was trying to gain Mankind's trust and he just, you could tell, he, could, he just saw Mankind as an annoyance. It was yeah. a funny moment from an episode of Raw in like, 99 where he's trying to get a favour from the middle, he's trying to get a tag title shot from him and the Rock goes, you know, you owe me a favour for what I did for you last week. What did you do for me last week? You know, last week when you told me to leave you the hell alone, and I did. <laughs> now you owe me one. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> Seeing him Mankind and Vince McMahon. Now with Vince McMahon and Stone Cold, you're right, it was, they, they hated each other and Stone Cold made, made it known that he hated Vince. Whereas Mankind was kind of like trying to seek his approval, but in the complete wrong way. And I don't know if, did any of you watch Keenan and Kel when it was on Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah. the orange yeah. soda! Yeah, it was just like Kel trying to please uh, Roger Rockmore. He was just trying everything he could to please him. And every time he just fucked it up. And that's what I loved about <laughs> that. That was that kind of same dynamic there, is that he was, he met his heart was in the right place but my god just leave him alone <laughs> that's the only <laughs> way you can get that approval but hey ho it is what it is thank you very much for your nominee of the votes there scott now i'm gonna move on to daniel this time who is your funniest of all time uh, this one is a bit of a fairly recent uh person but i like every segment i watch of this guy there's always going to be at least one time where I am in my seat laughing my ass off because he's roasted someone or pulled up a brutal line on someone. I am, of course, talking about uh, everyone's favourite jackass from AEW, <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do you even begin? <laughs> um, he like for, He's basically like... The freedom with which he just rules everyone it is brutal. Like, even going so far as the fact that his own parents are in on it. <laughs> like, his mum tweeted that she was going to a show and held up a sign that said, um, you know, we're sorry about MGF, and he just retweets it and says, fuck you, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and then my my personal favourite is the video of him. He's like, someone's like, he's doing signings at a convention somewhere. And uh, uh, someone, a fan's come up, they're in a, a wheelchair, and they're like, you know, having a back and forth with him. And then he just goes, oh, hey, look what I can do, and just stands up. Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, this is the same guy who, when, like, somebody went to a convention and saw, like, a wee girl wearing a t-shirt saying, I hate MGF, he replied, is it too late to abort? <laughs> he is one mean, 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 mean guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, he, he was obviously in Liverpool uh, a few weeks ago for the for for the love of wrestling show, and a lot of people had like images and videos coming out of the inverted commas meet and greet with him. It was more uh, shit and go away than meet and greet, <laughs> but uh, it just some of the stuff he was saying, some of the antics he was doing, it was just and it's incredible to keep it fresh and uh, also keep keep people engaged that way. I mean, uh, I've also seen things like he's done in this cameo. Uh, I hear it's your birthday. Who gives a shit? <laughs> 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 it's like those it's like those cards you can get now and it's um it's like it's almost like cards against humanity style cards where it's like in dog years you'd be dead happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> the guy has literally zero filter when it comes to comes to his promos and, and no one stay that way <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing is off limits when it comes to like insults etc like he's the most un-pc like person in the wrestling community it's and some of the stuff he comes out with is i mean it's outrageous but at the same time there's some things you know he's, he's not afraid to say stuff that'll obviously offend people but it'll but it'll also get a laugh elsewhere because some people just like other people being offended mm-hmm. 
Mm. I should have said in the previous, uh, with your interjection there, Scott, with Mick Foley, uh, I did actually put a question on the community page and Dave Holmes agreed with you, especially saying in his later run slash commissioner run. So you had one... <laughs> you got one vote from Dave Holmes there on the front of McFoley. Now back uh, as we go back to MGF, yeah, he's just been that guy that's really trying and I like how he's a proper proper heel. And he is a heel's heel. A heel's heel. He knows his audience because he knows that heels are seen as cool now, kind of like mm-hmm. they're like the uh, it's like that NWO thing of nah, they're the cool guys now, so we cheer them. Mm. But he he's, he uh, kind of appeases to that, but still does it in a way that you should hate him. And you do hate him, but you do appreciate his art and his humour about it on that front. Uh, Scott, was there anything from you on this? Yeah, yeah. Like, at first, when Daniel mentioned MJF, I was a bit surprised, but yeah, I think. When you look at it, some of the stuff he says is funny, but it's in a different way from someone like a, like a Mick Foley who's more on the lighthearted side, whereas this is like, like I said, properly like roasting people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to you know, appreciate his commitment, not just when he's in the ring, but when he's doing just conventions or his cameos, you guys said. It does feel like he's like some of those more edgy like comedians where they're always kind of testing the line for what they can get away with with their jaw. That seems all like MGF's doing in a wrestling capacity. Mm-hmm. One of the Get best examples I can yeah. think of is from mm. a show he did in Ireland for ODT before AEW started, where he looked out and he said, as I look out at this crowd, I can only can't help but feel like I wish that the potato famine had finished the job. <laughs> 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 oh, it's like the whole thing is just like a giant a giant Comedy Central style roast to him, mm. uh, almost like kind of like the scene in Liar Liar where Jim Carrey insults <laughs> his insults his boss and the rest of the the board of directors, and they, everybody just laughs along with it because the the guy's just like, oh, I love a good roast, and the last scene where he's just like, good, I'll see you later, dickhead, and everybody <laughs> themselves laughing. That's that's the style of I think that's MJF style a little bit. He, you know, he, he goes out with zero filter, tells no word of a lie. Uh, tries to be as insulting and as offensive as possible and some people will just lap it up like that's it's it's a very dark level of humor but you know there's people out there that like dark it's humor the guilt level of humor yeah <laughs> and i always enjoy these comedy central roasts because again it's you say stuff that you probably shouldn't say but it's the only time you can get away with saying it barely i, mean, I was it was it was anthony jeselnik on one of those roasts who said they say you only roast the ones you love. So I'm going to keep this short. <laughs> and the, I, the best, I just remember there, I told Quack about this, I was telling the Quack about this the other night, and it's um, MGF put up a photo of him at a Pittsburgh airport with like, they've got like a statue commemorating one of their Steelers players. And MGF took the photo, making it look as if he was getting them from behind. <laughs> and it pissed off the airports that much they've doubled security <laughs> <laughs> and MJF when he found out someone tweeted it to him saying after that wrestler disrespected the Franco statue Pittsburgh airport's done playing games and MJF just went I'm gonna do it again <laughs> standard standard. Maxwell Jacob Friedman we salute you with one finger anyways folks so I'm gonna say to you Daniel, you put in a very compelling argument. However, nobody in the community uh, commented MJF. So I'm afraid you're on your own with that one, but you put in a hard case for the folks and the organising committee of the folks would definitely consider your uh, interjection there with MJF. But we're going to come to somebody who's even lesser. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I did, sweet lordy. <laughs> I did. Listen I did. to the guy hosting this show. I'm going to come to someone lesser. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's only fair. Like, who I'm the a... heck died and made you Stephen Wilson? <laughs> I, folks, I'm a socialist. I hurt everyone the same. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I. I I did insult Daniel, saying the very least. I haven't got a chance for Scott, but you know that's coming. 
David, <laughs> how is, who should the organising committee of the folks consider next? Go for it. Oh, see, this one was a no-brainer for me because this is the time when I started watching SmackDown on a, a regular basis. And there was one guy that I would always look forward to seeing just because I keep asking myself, what the hell is he going to do next? And how the hell is he going to entertain me with his with his his, uh, his antics, his attitude, and just his general charisma in like as a whole? And... So my title for funniest wrestler has got to go to Eddie Guerrero. Mm. And it's everything about his character, you know, the whole lie, cheat and steal mantra. It was it was done in such a comedic way. Like the timing was impeccable. The execution was outstanding. And it didn't matter if he was in matches or not. Like he would always find a way to rib his opponents. Like taking I'll, I'll start with the matches for example like the whole lie cheat and steal mantra you know he makes sure he tries to frame his opponents for getting them dq'd and stuff like some some of my favorite examples are where he hits well the he's up against danny basham i think it is and jacqueline's distracted the ref where then eddie picks up because this was the time where the bashams had that dominatrix character and oh, yeah. the uh, Eddie hits Danny with a with a whip, uh, just to sort of get an advantage. Then he hits the ref on the backside with the whip, and then as Danny gets up, he chucks the whip to to Danny, and he's like the ref's furious because he thinks Danny's whipped him with the, with the whip. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eddie rolls him up for the win. Like it's, and then there was another one. I think this was his last match where he frames Ken Kennedy into. <laughs> Like, he hits the chair on the mat, chucks it to Kennedy, and then Kennedy gets disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was one of the best ones. But one of my absolute favourites is when he faced Rey Mysterio in late 2004. Like, Rey Mysterio was tag champion with RVD at the time, but they had a sort of one-off exhibition match. Mm-hmm. And Eddie tries to do the whole lie, cheat, and steal with the tag team title, but the referee catches him. Uh, and then Ray pretends to have been hit with a title and Eddie's just sort of lying like face down in the mat trying to hide the title and the ref's going to turn him over. He's just like, no, 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 I've not got anything and stuff. And then when Eddie tries to put the title out of the ring, Ray like catches him doing it and he's like laughing, he's like pissing himself laughing. He's like, haha, busted. And he's like, and the ref's looking at him and he's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be down. You just get hit with a title. And they were just <laughs> bouncing off each other so brilliantly. And I just could not stop laughing during that match. But it's it, it just a whole, there's a whole series of other things he did, you know, like trying to extend the tag team rope just to make sure he could get tagged in from any point of the apron. <laughs> or there was another one where I think he stole Kurt Angle's merch and you know he was kidding about you know you should put some put some hydraulics in the wheelchair and you know, use a sharpie to modify his his portrait and yeah it was just oh everything he did it, from his and the way he sort of did it with that little hint of like mischief about it it's like you you always knew he was coming up with new ideas to try and you know rib people but even when he wasn't on camera, you know, like he, he got Big Show to eat some tainted burritos with some really bad hot sauce causing him to have explosive diarrhea. Like, it's things like that, you think. And, he, and also like stealing the wheels off JBL's limo. <laughs> Every single thing, he always seems to outdo himself because he knows how to wind up. The, like he knows how to wind up his opponents in their own unique way. Like he knows their weaknesses to exploit them. and. So it's just everything from in and outside the ring. He always find a way, finds a way to make something hilarious. And that's why I think Eddie goes down as, as one of my favorite uh, funniest people in, in wrestling. Absolutely stellar, stellar argument there. Scott, come in on this one. Well, like, I remember watching SmackDown in the same time as well. and. I don't know if I can say much more than what David said there, but yeah, like it was a weird thing that a lot of the stuff he did that made people laugh was primarily through cheating as he's given it to suggest, but it was just how the way he did it 
I mean, everybody loved. If anybody else had done that, they'd be like a, a typical heel. But the more Eddie Guerrero did this kind of stuff, the more people kind of loved him for it. And the fact that he was doing it to, to heels as well, the fact he was kind of sticking it to the other bad guys, that I think it helps people kind of get behind him. And like the stuff with Eddie with JBL as well. I remember the thing where he basically kidnaps JBL, who's got his all this food and wine for himself in the back of his limo. And Eddie just basically just takes the, the car in a joyride, pulls back up to the arena, and because of how fast he's going, Jabez comes out and he's got all the food and the wine all over his fancy suit. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you know what's just popped in my head there? There is the segment, you know, he was teaming with Batista and he pretends he's got a hernia, or he feels like he's doing <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then Batista brings in Doctor Barnett. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it with the campus voice. Ever he's like, "Hello, Mister Guerrero." <laughs> and then, oh, hey, hey, I'm fine, Holmes. I'm fine, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Batista walks away with the hot nurse, whilst the last image you see is. Like Eddie reacting to his, uh, the doctor's hand going somewhere, and he's just going. Honestly, like you couldn't, you couldn't make it up. It was. Just like... <laughs> you know how I was talking about passing on the torch of Mister Sokol to the Cobra. That was a whole. That was a whole different level of passing the torch and making another puppet. But here we go. Is what it is. Daniel Eddie Guerrero, talk to me. Like, what can you like? God damn me! Like Eddie's one of those ones you cannot say a bad thing about him. Like, even. I mean, he, he was even that funny. He made Rey Mysterio think that Dominic wasn't his for a bit. You know, it's, <laughs> like, he he could just disarm everyone with like a, that smile that he would have, mm-hmm. and everyone would just like laugh it up. I mean, hell, here's a memory. Who remembers that time he had Vince in the lowrider? Yes, <laughs> and he like you know jolts it, and Vince just looks as though Eddie's just like you know battered him in the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Eddie's just like, hey, come on, Holmes. <laughs> so, yeah. he, sort of, and he sort of leads it to one side to just get the door open for him as well. <laughs> it's, like, it's like laying out the red carpet for him. He's like, uh, open the, the door open for you. Like, just tilt the car this way. There you go. Just like, I will get this here for you, Vince. You will be fine. And Vince is just like, how dare you? I'm going to get I'm, I'm gonna get someone to kick your ass. <laughs> His name is John Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> well, there is that one. So, yeah, see, with, with the whole cheating thing, I love that aspect because we've all seen it with heels when the referee gets distracted and then their, their partner would like ground and pound them, choke them at the turnbuckle, or they will grab their leg as they're running the ropes or distract and stuff like that. This is a whole different level where it was just brought up to a whole new level of. Instead of just getting an um, extra offense in, it was a case of, no, let's get the win from this, and that's what... Uh, and it was just that unique fit to Eddie, and people have done it to pay tribute to him. I mean, we can name like Sasha Banks done it um, when she got Dana Brooke ejected from the show when she was fighting Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we all know that Sasha... Zero was Eddie Guerrero, and I remember seeing a great tweet from the WrestleMania where it's a triple threat of Sasha, uh, Charlotte, and Becky. And there was a tweet saying, "Who do you who do you all want to win?" And someone replied, "The one with that special uh, Eddie Guerrero shoes on." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that uh, Eddie was just some guy, absolutely some guy." Which, unfortunately, nobody on the community page agreed with you on that front, David. That is a Take, shambles. Like, uh, no. how can you forget Eddie Guerrero? Like, that's that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, basically, our truth has ran away with it in this one. We have votes from, essentially, Alibi Clicker says our truth is a toss-up between our truth and Santino. He mentions our truth first, so that's our truth. 
and Stephen Wilson. Although Stephen Wilson also said Danhausen. Uh, yeah, uh, Robert uh, Shaw said truth as well. Grant McRobbie also said truth. Ryan Dunkleish, the apprentice, also said our truth. So quite a number of people have said our truth for the folks there. Uh, other name that came up: Santino Marella, Jack Graham to David Hockney's dismay said Santino for him, who is also the Rumble, Royal Rumble MVP, <laughs> and. Yeah, also have who else said Santino? Nobody else said Santino. Uh, just Alan said it's a toss up between the two. Uh, another name that we got thrown in here. Um, Scott, help me out with this pronunciation. Rousuki. Rousuki Taguchi. That one. Rousuki Taguchi. Um, typical Grant McCrobby there. Sean <laughs> uh, Smith. Now. He brings up two names, Kurt Angle and Jericho. J- Jericho is already on the panel for the folks. I think he is the G folks, personally. He is the greatest, funniest of all time. In, in my opinion, that's that one there. Over our trip Possibly. Ugh. Okay, no, our truth takes it for me. <laughs> I, I thought so, yeah. 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 I mean, like, you know what happens to people who think that Jericho, R-Truth is funnier than Jericho? You, you, you know what happens to people with that? Mm. You know what happens? You know what happens? I do. <laughs> Thank you very much for that one. But... Can, I just, can I just say, um, I will give Santino some credit because one, the one Santino segment that always gets me laughing is the one where he's in England and <laughs> him and Kozlov do a tea party with Seamus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that that was that was hilarious to watch. And I've, I've seen it a few times. And some of the inside jokes, like, you know, that appeals to British humour is it was just so well done, you know. You know, okay, uh, we have green tea, we have ginger tea. Do you want your tea dark or milky? And, <laughs> and uh, like, do you, you think people beat you up because you're a ginger? Yeah, you were excluded from activities because you're a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is you can actually see Seamus is trying so hard not to laugh. It's it's just hilarious. But um, yeah, the the first half of that entire segment, you know, before the tea was spilled on him, that was oh, it was so so brilliant. I can. Just everything, you know, from mocking Seamus for being pale as pale as a ghost and being a ginger. It was it's just something it's just something that, you know, us British folk like to joke about like a lot of the time. So yeah, it was it was very well done on that promo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and Santino's really up there. I mean a, a great Santino moment for me is uh, uh, on that run of Rumble, Jack mentioned on a previous show, it's just the way he's doing the trumpet, like, because he's he thought he won. And I was like, yes, yes. And then Mr. It's My Destiny had to pop up and honestly talk about a border killer if there was ever one. <laughs> I was so gutted, absolutely gutted, because I just thought, and I look back at it as funny, but as funny as. Yeah, it was so sad. It was so sad. And speaking of Cobra Rising, just when the Cobra was brought out and there was Jinder Mahal and Great Kali playing the chanter to distract the Cobra. Big <laughs> <laughs> Charmer. It was just so funny. It was absolutely funny. So, yeah, Santino is really up there. Now, folks. We would like you all to comment in and let us know what who sh- who should win your votes. Who should be who should be the funniest of all time? What is the greatest moment or one of the funniest moments? I should say. We absolutely love uh, funny spots in wrestling. I can name a few people locally that have absolutely transcended and just how funny they were, uh, but also bring that seriousness. I'm talking the likes of Sugar Duncanson, Gene Money, Session Moth, Martina, uh, so many out there that have just bring the funny. And I always think funny brings the money. It is what it is. If you don't like that, 
you're entitled to your opinion. Go and listen to John Barnett for all I care. But I, I just love comedy spots. It's just it's just wrestling to me. So with that said, I would like to thank my panel for being somewhat funny. So thank you very much, <laughs> Daniel. Well, that's a very interesting joke there. So tell you what, I will leave you with a brilliant joke told by the late Gilbert Gottfried. So a drunken farmer stumbles home. He goes up to his bedroom where he wakes up his wife. She sees that he's holding a sheep under his arm. He says, This is the pig I've been banging. <laughs> she goes, You idiot! That's a sheep! The farmer yells, Shut the fuck up! I was talking to the sheep! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> I don't know, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David. <laughs> oh dear. You uh, say your best when you say nothing at all. R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried. Thank you all so much for listening. And keep yourself safe and always laugh away. Thank you. I've been Quacker. Bye-bye for now. Hello, I am Jack Graham. I am Scott McLeod. And I'm David Hockney. And you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can tune in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of playing the current season of our Saturday Draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms.